This is the Smooth Operator Podcast. I'm Adam Liette, Director of Operations for a seven-figure online business and eight-year veteran of Army Special Operations. On this show, we get into the tactical nitty-gritty of what it really takes to run a thriving online business because at the end of the day, operators lead the way. What's up, Smooth Operators? Welcome to Friday. You know what day it is. It's interview day where I have scoured the internet. As always, you know Adam. He does his work. He does his homework. And I always find the best guests. And today is absolutely no exception. I'm really, I've been geeking out thinking about this episode and this interview just because there's so much to it. Now, I want you just to take a moment before we jump into the context. I want you to think about who is your influence? Who are the people you follow? The people you're inspired by? The people you can't get enough of their podcasts? Hey, I know a good one. Uh, YouTube videos, books, whatever. Who are your influences? I know one of mine, straight off the bat, Russell Brunson, one of the biggest influences in my life. And what do I know about Russell Brunson? I know his potato gun story. I know how he became a digital marketer. I know his origin story. The story that compelled him into becoming the person that he is today. And if you take a moment and think about that person who has had a tremendous impact in your own life, I would make a strong bet that you know their origin story as well. So be honest with yourself. You know it to be true, right? And here's the thing. We all have an origin story. We all have that moment that changed our life, that moment that made us into the person we are, that brought us on this journey. But do we tell it? Have we taken the time to develop it? Have we taken the time to really think about that? That's what today is about. It's not just for entrepreneurs. It's not just for people running big multinational companies. It's for everyone. We all have our origin story, which is why I'm bring, I brought Carrie Cluen Lawrence onto the onto the podcast today. She is the author of uh, the book Origin Story, which is available for pre-order now. I'll share a link at the end of the episode and in the show notes here. But she's here to talk about this wonderful thing called Origin Story and how to find our own. Thank you so much for joining me, Carrie. It's such a pleasure to have you and welcome to Smooth Operator. Thank you so much. It's awesome to be here. Thank you for the introduction. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's always fun. Um, so, I mean, the topic is origin story. What is your origin story? What brought you to this wonderful place where you're now telling your story? Wow. Okay. So my origin story is the one that I'm working with now. So this is the amazing thing about origin stories and what I'm helping people with is that you get to curate your origin story for the purposes of whatever your goals are. And my goal for the longest time was to be a professional stage director. And my story attached to that was that people asked me to be a director when I was in college and therefore I became a director. And about a year and a half ago when we were moving across the country, thanks to my husband's job, once again, like we're on like move 17 in 20 years, I was gifted or re-gifted a couple of boxes that my mom had in storage. And I was not very excited about the prospect of adding more boxes to my collection, but I did sort through them. And in 
these boxes, I found a play script that apparently I wrote when I was about 10 years old called Little Red Riding Hood Says No to Smoking. And in that moment, I realized that I had been telling myself a story and I had held on to this story that wasn't actually true. I had been a theater artist since at least 10 years old and probably earlier. And I was, this is just who I am. It was always in me and people recognize that in me at some point. And therefore I'm the book of the title of the book is origin story, power of the inciting incident, because I'm encouraging people to go back and dig into what these inciting incidents, what these first moments are that we can trace back and then we can start connecting the dots. And I think that there is so much power in recognizing this didn't just happen to me. This is who I am and I grew into it and I evolved into this person as a combination of many different factors of having opportunities, of having resources, of having interests and, and being encouraged. And <laughs> that's kind of a longer story of how I got detoured because this detours are a big part of that too. But yeah, that's the gist of my origin story and why, I'm, why I was inspired to write this book and help other people to dig into their own lives and look for evidence of who they really are. That is fascinating. And wow, I have lots of questions from there because that's a great way of un just starting to unpack this. And if I read right, um, I think, well, part of my origin story is actually I spent some time there in Monterey, uh, the, yeah. where you're at now, because uh, the Defense Language Institute is there. Yes. And I'm trilingual. I speak English, Thai, and Indonesian. So got to spend some bit of time at the language school there so that's really cool fantastic so there's there's something to be said about like you said so often our our stories curated like how how do we how are we curating our own stories well it's in the way that you represent yourself it's in the way that you tell stories or communicate who you are to other people whether you're doing that verbally and so uh, nice to meet you. What do you do, right? How you answer that question. Um, it's how you represent yourself on social media. It's how you communicate your signature in your email. All of these, all of these little parts and pieces that add up to who you are, these impressions that, that people get. And so I can choose to say, oh, you know, I... I was a failed actor, or I could say, I decided, you know, I was, I was an actor for a period of my life. And that's part of my story as a theater artist. And then I decided that I enjoyed being behind the scenes more. Right. So there's ways that we can talk in the, in the particular words that we choose to communicate with people. And we're also communicating with ourselves at the same time. Gotcha. I, and I like that it's communicating to ourselves as well, because it's it's so much of what we become and who we become is as a result of that, that in, in, inciting event, whatever propelled us into motion, whether it be good or bad. And a lot of times you'll find that with people that have very negative lives, very negative situations, have a very negative 
origin story and vice versa from from like a positive um relationship so like if anyone's listening out there and they're thinking well what's mine i mean what what's the equivalent that we can direct our students to for their box full of old books that they can they can start looking through well not surprisingly probably there's a bunch of exercises in the book and so you can choose your own adventure as far as you know it's not just like childhood because i i don't think that origin stories always start when we are children it could have started last year when you took that photography class or when you experienced that meal at that restaurant that inspired you to become more culinarily uh, proficient in your own kitchen, right? There there are these moments in time, these core memories, and they can happen at at any point. And so I have assembled a, a bunch of exercises to help people figure out which avenues they might want to pursue. And some of that might be digging into your past or looking around your house um, for some physical evidence, right? Because I believe in positive thinking, but I'm not very good at it, honestly. I'm not one of those people who like looks in the mirror and is like, and people like you, you know, that old, right? I'm, I'm, I've never been good at that. So, but when I look around and I see this gift that was given to me um, from some diplomatic friends, you know, at a, at a certain dinner at a certain event, like that translates to something meaningful to me. And helps me to support my dreams and goals and and reinforces who I am or who I want to be as as a person, right? And then the other part of that is actually assembling the different pieces. I'm a storyteller, I'm a stage director, and I am an expert at this point. I've read scripts for Sundance, I read scripts for another maybe undisclosed uh, playwriting developmental center. I give a lot of critique. So I am an expert at creating stories, the story structure. And you really need that to tell a good story. We, there are some basic elements. And so I walk you through the basic elements so that you can put those elements together for your own story and give you some anecdotes and and examples of how to discover those. So I mentioned detours earlier, and that's one of my favorites because a lot of times in the theater world, we'll we'll call those obstacles. And you have to have obstacles in order to have a good uh, hero's journey or or to have a good main character's story. You have to have an obstacle that you are somehow uh, overcoming, right? So I walk you through like, what are some obstacles? And let's think about obstacles in different ways. And I call some of them detours, like, maybe I stopped working because I'm a mother and I would call that a detour uh, because it has an effect on my career goals and dreams or your personal life, right? This isn't just personal and it's not just professional. That's what's what's great about it. It has to be a mix. And that's what people love now. You talked about um, storytelling and, and how important it is. People want to get to know you they want to know these leaders and they want to know if you have, if you're mentoring someone, people want to know that story about you, right? As a stage director, I know it used to be that we could hide. We didn't have to show our face, but you can't do that anymore. You know, you're on podcasts, you're, you're on interviews, you're on Zoom. Like people want 
to get to know you as a person. And so having some things to tell people and having some stories to relate um, can really help to attract that, that work and that community that will be able to support you. 100%. And it's so interesting, the, the human experience. I, I, I don't know if this is just me just thinking I've found something brilliant that everyone already knew, but it, it seems to me that the more we become a micro content culture, the more a really good story stands out. Like you, you get everything in these 10, 15 sec, second snippets, but when can, someone can really tell you a 10 minute compelling story, I mean, it's that yin yang thing, right? It's a oil and water. It just, it stands out from the crowd so much more. Right. Well, and that's what you see in the success of TED Talks, for example. And this is one of the, one of the examples that I use is I call it personal discovery storytelling, right? So you're discovering something about yourself as you are developing your story to share. And because of that, you're going to be changed because of your the way that you are presenting yourself, because of the way that you're curating the story, because of the the clarity in the audience connection that you are trying to make, right? Mm. And that and that's one of the reasons that TED Talks are so successful, especially this genre where you hear that personal story and then you hear how here I was in the past, here I am in the future, and here's where I'm going, right? This is one way of that personal discovery storytelling, showing your growth. And people identify with that and they love to hear it and they relate to it. And then they feel like they get to know you and they want to work with you. And it's kind of a snowball. It's so amazing. And, you know, it's like, we have our story depending on the situation, right? Because I give just me personally, I'm just sitting here thinking, I have like two origin stories that I go back to on a regular basis. Uh, when you talk about building a business and entrepreneurship and all that, I go back to that day that the world decided to shut down uh, two years, two and a half years ago, where I had to grow up in business real quick overnight because we had, you know, we had stuff to do. Yeah. But when we talk about like leading teams and being a leader and team leadership and all that. I go back to a moment like 10 years ago at army special ops training where we walked under this banner. It says the brotherhood starts here. So like, those are my start off points for both those stories. Saying it's like having your story for the moment and for the, the person that you need to be at that time. And when maybe the person even you're trying to, the expert you're trying to portray yourself as, or am I getting this all mixed up? No, no, absolutely. And that's why, yes, it's called origin story, you know, singular, but it's really about the origin story for the moment. You know, I always tell my students, it's, it's not the story, it's a story, right? And it's a story to serve your purpose. For example, you go to a wedding and you hear a great speech, right? Chances are there's going to be an origin story in there, how they met, how they, right? Or the wedding itself is an origin story, right? It depends on where you decide to, to start which inciting incident you choose, right? So what mm -hmm. I'm encouraging people is that you have a choice in this. It's your story. So if you wanna start it when you were born, if you wanna start it when you met the person, if you wanna start it when, you know, two days ago, <laughs> right? When something exciting happened. Or for example, you're going into a board meeting and you wanna pitch an idea, right? 
you still want to talk about the origins, where you came up with that idea, how it relates to people, what was the spark? So this is something, and this is a, a little bit difficult to talk about. I'm so glad we have time to unpack it because when you say origin story and people are like, but I'm not a superhero, right? It's like, no, no, no. The or like they have co-opted origin story, right? Origin story, this has been the types of stories that we have told myths and pourquoi and all of these stories of explaining how things happen. I just read an article in a Variety that was talking about how storytelling could save the earth because of the way that we are telling stories in order to get people to empathize and want to commit to making changes in their life or to moving forward. Um, so this yeah. could be on a personal level because there's something that you need to do or want to do that you've had on a shelf for a really long time. And maybe it's time to take it off the shelf and examine it a little bit and think about the origins of that activity or that dream, or it's a business, um, which is why I talk to entrepreneurs a lot, but this really has to everything to do with leadership, like you're talking about as well, because if, uh, you know, I've heard some, so my husband is a Marine and we've gone to the Marine Corps ball for 20, we went for our, almost every year of the 22 years. And sometimes the speeches were knock it out of the park. And sometimes those leaders did not know how to tell a story and they lost, they totally lost their audience, right? And yeah. that, those moments of hearing great stories really stand out and connect. And I can remember sitting in that audience. I can remember connecting with that person because of the great stories that they were telling. And they were all origin stories, really. That's tremendous. And Marines, to their credit, I'm Army guy. Marines, they have the best tradition in the military. They have the, the like... The, their, their birthday celebration is ridiculous. Army's like, oh yeah, our birthday, we don't care. Marines are like gonna jump over fences for their birthday. They're crazy. I love them. Um, and my grandfather and uncle were both Marines. We just had a moment over the holidays where like all three of us got together, like three generations of vets. And first thing out of both their mouths wasn't, yeah, well, we couldn't talk the third one into joining a real branch. <laughs> I was like, Thanks guys. I appreciate that. You're so right about the traditions and the way that they communicate them, right? There's been some real yeah. thought into that and it creates this culture as well, right? Which is what I was talking about earlier. A part of this is really also about finding your community because when you start to tell your story and people relate to it, and like you said, a very specific story, right? I'm not just a, a theater artist. I'm not just a stage director. Since the age of 10, I have been working on social justice right? And, and, and so that specifically relates to a particular micro community and right. attracts people who are interested in doing that kind of work and moving forward, right? And when, of course, there's a lot of joking in between the branches and everything, but, but there's a brotherhood there um, and, uh, well, a personhood, sorry, should not, should not be specific there, but, but the, the, that there is a community there of love and respect. And so much of that is about the traditions and the stories. I mean, you can't see me because we're podcasting, right? But if you walk into a room and you start to see, you know, the hand motions of the of the the sorties, you know you're dealing with pilots, right? It's like immediate. 
right? And that communicates. And body language is part of all of this too, but that's more about my personal coaching because that's hard to teach through a book. But body language yes. is like so important as part of that uh, journey of storytelling. It's so cool. And there's so much I think we can all do to better empower ourselves as storytellers. Because I've actually recorded solo episodes about storytelling and it's not just for the entrepreneur, it's for everybody on the team. Yeah. If you're a leader, you need to be telling stories. And I have I have a couple that I can just, I pull out from the hat, like I can just tell the story because I, I haven't memorized or really developed at this point. But I think as with all things, it's one of those things where it's not only doing it ourselves, but there's so many great works to leverage to become better at it. You've done it from your side, just reading, you know, playwright after play after play and really oh you can see elements of story and it reminds me of the most weird advice i ever got on how to become a good copywriter and they said stop reading books about copywriting and go read a book yeah right and i and it was one specific book they recommended it was a lee child's book called persuader so it was one of the jack reacher novels you're like wait you learned about copywriting from jack reacher yes because the way it's written is brilliant. And if you look at it through that lens, oh my gosh, I see how to write copy now. But I think if we all spend a bit more time, you know, reading nonfiction is great. Reading business books is great. Read a fiction book. Yeah, It's crazy how much we can learn about story from that. And, or just watch Mad Men. Don Draper is the best storyteller yeah. in you know, modern television history. He he does it great when he's doing a pitch and you can see how much we can do uh, from story. And it's just crazy. So I have my own way that I will use to like refine my story. Um, is there any particular ways that you found to be effective um, when we decide on that inciting incident that we're going to highlight? Well, I would say it's very particular to, like if I were working with someone and developing a story with them, I would lead them through some brainstorming activities and ask them a series of questions about meaningful moments in their lives. Mm. Um, and so I have an exercise where I ask people about, okay, I'll share it with you because it's really fun. So yeah. If you were to tell me three of your favorite activities. Okay. Um, I enjoy carpentry. So building furniture. Mm -hmm. I like to work out and I like to go hunting. Okay. So could you tell me a core memory related to one of those three activities? Mm, my gosh. I was a new father and I had, we had, well, not new, but they, all our kids were born really quick, <laughs> but we had three young kids at home and they were all under five. And for the first time I was a homeowner and I had to maintain the home, right? I mean, it's like dad mode 101. And like, I built a bed for my son. And there was that moment where I finished building it and I was not good yet. I really was not good. I was not a good carpenter and my wife is way better than me. So I'm <laughs> fully comfortable saying that. Um, but I, I put this unfinished, not really that good bed up in his room for the first time. And just the look he gave me 
And it was pure joy to have his own bed that his dad built him. And it made me want to become a better carpenter. I eventually made him a better bed. But it's that first moment of that look of, you did this for me. And it's just, it keeps me in the workshop, keeps me building. That's amazing. That's such a great story. So, so several things are happening in this moment of us sharing, or you sharing that story with me is that you're curating a storytelling experience for me, first of all, on instincts and intuition and something that's extremely meaningful to you because it came to you very easily. So you can talk about it super easily. You have access to that story. And then you have a particular audience, which is me and your listeners. And so, so you're making a lot of decisions in that time. So if we were working together, then I would start, we would start looking at some of the lessons learned and some of the, the ways that you could apply this to your current situation and some of the lessons that you carried forward with you, right? So whether or not you use that particular story in the end, or even like a small piece of it, you've started to access some moments of clarity, some sparks that I call them, that led you to other objectives and uh, yeah, I thought successes. of like four of them just now. Like, how could I pivot that story into, here's why you have to do this. Yep. Like I, I just thought of four of them off the top of my head while you're talking. I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to tell this story more. <laughs> <laughs> right? So this is part of the work that I'm doing because we don't, one of my theories is that we don't look up and say, oh, this is who I am now. Right. So in that mm -hmm. moment, you might've told yourself a story. You could say like, oh, that was a terrible experiment. And I wasn't very, you know, and I did hear a little bit of that. But the takeaway is that you got inspired to keep moving forward and, and improving your craft, right? So again, we can fine tune some of the language around that. And we could take that low moment. We could be honest and real and say, oh, I had a real moment of like, I'm not going to give that to him. I'm going to put it in the scrap pile. And then when I saw the look on his face, I realized that would have been a huge mistake. Right. right. So, so these are the, these are the fun moments. And when I say curating, I don't mean fabricating. I mean, picking the pieces that serve us and work for us in how we want people to relate to us. And obviously mm. that does have a positive spin to it, but it's also reality, right? right? It's also the reality of moving forward and seeing how these dots are connected from where we were to where we're, we're going in the future. And so it's, mm. it's an interesting process to watch the light bulbs come on in when I've spoken to, I've, I interviewed, I think about 35 people now. And this exercise has been part of almost every single interview. And it's been really exciting to see how these core memories that people have, but they haven't accessed in a long time can spark new ideas. Like maybe you'll get back in the shop in the next couple of weeks, right? That <laughs> it just, it triggers some kind of excitement and renews interest. And that's one of the, one of my goals. Wow. Well, I mean, it has to warm up first. My shop is in an unheated room. So <laughs> right. I live in Ohio and it's winter. Oh, no. Yes. It's cold. That being said, I said I like hunting too. So it's always cold then too. But uh, I have heard there's a storm. There has been storms. 
Yep. We had a nice Christmas fun. Yeah. Um, it was good. That's so cool. And so I think like anything else, it's like once you develop this skill, like it's something you can probably access. It, it's a skill like anything else, right? Like coming up with that story and developing it and being able to then tell it, right? Sure. Yeah. And like I said, there's some there's some basic elements, but it's also fun to talk to a coach or, or somebody who can help to bring it out of you as well. Right. Because if I ask, if I give you a blank piece of paper and said, you know, write an origin story, you'd be like, uh, what? <laughs> right. So so the book is meant to be a coaching tool um, and inspirational and in helping you put those pieces together. But also once you develop, I'd say like four or five of these, then you're going to be able to access these. Or you might have kind of a list of these inciting incidents that once or core memories, uh, a lot of people relate to core memories more as, as, a, as a term, but then you'll be able to, like, like you said, access them at, at any point. And whether that's a board meeting or a social gathering or, or uh, something that's a little bit more serious. Uh, you know, there's so many reasons that we might be called on to speak in public. And so many people mm -hmm. are uncomfortable doing that, have stage fright about it, right? Being able to access some of these stories quickly and easily is definitely a way to help get over that. And like I said, right. when you offered the story just now, it came to you so easily, I would then recommend continuing to move forward with that story because you're not going to black out and forget a part of that story right that's it's not a made-up thing that you're that you're that you are trying to convey which is much more difficult when you talk about memorizing and, and all of that this is relying on your core memories your your muscle memories of your brain <laughs> to to then be able to quickly and easily access those and use them at will. Wow. So cool. Oh my gosh. So you mentioned, I, I want to piggyback off what some of you mentioned about like making them being able to access them at will. And I have my way of doing it. That being said, I come from a music background. Musicians have our own way of doing things. We're weird on our, in our own right. Have you found any particular methods to be really effective to like creating that cadre of stories. I mean, like actually like figuring out the moments and then developing it, but like making sure it can be performed for lack of a better phrase. Yeah, well, I think probably everyone has a professional objective. Uh, and, you know, so I would break it down into like a professional objective story, right? But that still in includes the personal discovery storytelling in the fact of you have an origin story of how you came to your profession. You have an origin story of how you started out or what detours you had uh, along the way, right? So I think just developing that one story, you're going to find a lot of material, right? And then what I'm seeing, and another reason that I'm really excited about this book is that there's like a secondary line. It's like the subplot, which is your other interest or interests. For example, if your main job is a certain business, but your subplot, your, your other activities, hobbies, however you choose to call them, are maybe gardening or photography or carpentry, 
then you could develop one related to that so that when you had an opportunity and they might cross over, they might interact, they mm -hmm. might support one another. And in fact, what I have found in my life is that all of my interests have eventually merged together, probably because I kept pursuing these outside activities, which is writing, for example, and uh, dramaturgy or critique, um, which is reading the plays and everything, but also directing. So I still teach and direct and do all of these things, and they've kind of merged themselves together. So you might not be as challenged as you think, because you don't really have to have five different stories. You just have to have one really good story and you have to really investigate all the pieces and parts. Because in the story that I'm telling you, if I know what my two or three major detours were in my life, then I could speak about each one of those detours and they become their own origin story. They become their own, each of those detours could be an, an inciting incident on its own. Does that make sense? So it's really one big origin story because it's really just your life but you're kind of what I call tilting the kaleidoscope a little bit, right? To, to see a little bit of a different picture, a little bit of a different picture, depending on how sunny the day is or what you're trying to, uh, what your focus is. For sure. Oh my goodness. Have you ever seen the movie Reservoir Dogs? Yes, absolutely. Yes. So there, there's that part like where the undercover cop is telling his like, big drug story do you remember that part yeah, yeah. he's like and that's like what i always think of with this it's like the story has this like complexity and depth to it and so often like you nailed it right on the head like i told that story of mine real quick like 30 seconds to a minute yeah but if i took the time and sat down with it it'd be 10 minutes right easily yeah easily not even a question i can make that a 10 minute story yeah. And so it's it's about putting in the work, right? Like, okay, you got it. And now what what your book shows, and well, you got some of your methods show then is like it's a it's a glide path to how to put in the work and how to really right. develop it out. Is that yeah about right? Yeah, absolutely. It's a guide. I call it a provocation. Uh, it's not prescriptive, you know, I'm not telling you what to do, but I'm more like, oh, have you thought about this? You know, what about, what about this angle? What about, what about reframing it in this way? And uh, some of those are, some of those are illuminated with interviews and some of it is my own, my own story and the, the stories that I told myself for decades that when I really mm -hmm. examined it, I've, I've also talked to, for example, a woman who was adopted and had been told a story all her life, you know, for four or five decades, and then did some investigating, went to the source, went to her uh, country of birth, and discovered that her story was completely and totally inaccurate, that she had been lied to, her parents had been lied to, uh, that she was not abandoned, that she was born in a hospital, and the parents were very involved in the adoptive process and and the names were not disclosed but it just worldview completely changed right so i do encourage people if they have these big questions right that some of this is very personal also to go do some investigating because it can then change your but you're the same person this is the craziest part of it it's mental gymnastics because you're the exact same person you just have new knowledge or you're you're story has new words to it right so yeah 
Because there, there's such power in the words that we use to describe ourselves and the words we use to describe our story right? and how we came to be. I, I was just watching Steve Jobs, the movie, uh, the book's better by Walter Isaacson, but the movie with um, Ashton Kutcher, where, I mean, you saw like Steve struggled over his own adoption for yeah. decades. It was like part of this thing he kept telling himself. Yeah. And so I think that's what like, start to second guess your life choices from that that's something that you wrote about like like this can really help you if you are second guessing your life and and where where you are now and wow okay yeah, i need so to go start telling more stories that's great. But, yeah, <laughs> well I, you bring up a good point which is like how many of us had traumatic events happen to us that we have held on to a certain narrative and then as adults, like I know as a parent now, I look back on decisions that my parents made that I was had a certain viewpoint on when I was much younger. And now my perspective is completely different, right? right. But taking the time to actually look at that, see the different angles, empathize, right? Can really help me to have a healthier narrative about events that happened before. And it's not just saying like, oh, you live and you learn, you know, it's like actual examples, actual evidence, actual, yeah, like a scientist to say, no, actually, here's the evidence that you cannot deny, right? And that is very helpful to people like me who want proof. Wow. Oh, that's so cool. You know, we just had family holidays. And I always, you know, we came from pretty meager means when I was younger, when we weren't starving by any stretch of the imagination, but we weren't eating, you know, lobster for dinner. But I tell those stories from our youth and my mom's like, you make it sound like you grew up so hard. I'm like, no, I'm actually sharing how we were made hardier because of it. Like it made us stronger, made us who we are. So I think, and that's where the, 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 I, I call it the pivot in the story. Yeah. Where you pivot to this happened, this happened, so that this can happen. Yeah. And like what what are your thoughts on like pivoting the story and how to do that? Because this is a story I told before. I could pivot that in about four different ways off the top yeah. of my head, depending yeah. on my audience. Absolutely. But how do we come up with that pivot? Well, the pivot in in theatrical terms or story story structure is called the recognition and reversal, right? You recognize, the main character recognizes and and does a reversal, sometimes absolutely physically, uh, sometimes uh, emotionally. I call it the pop. Because in that moment, it it almost feels like that, you know, the light bulb going on or the, the pop of, oh my goodness, I am realizing that this is not this is, this is not where I want to be. You know, you're pushed to the edge. For example, you're working in a situation where your values do not align and then something crosses the line and you have that pop of, I'm going to make a change, right? Or you have that pop of, I love this person. I'm going to ask them to marry me, <laughs> right? That's the, that's the romantic comedy pop, right? Every single time there's, a, there's an engagement or something else pushes you Right. But sometimes in investigating your origin story, 
you create this tension you because you start to investigate and you start to realize okay these things are not making me happy or i'm not satisfied in this way and so you like getting fired quitting all of these all of these uh events in your life are also a pop right because something has exploded and then you have to deal with it right and we're very scared of that but sometimes it can be the best possible thing that happens to you or that change that you decided to make. My goodness. The pop. See, now I have new vocabulary to describe it. Yeah. I'm going to love it. Oh my goodness. This is so cool. And it's just got me thinking more and more about how to, because I, it's so tempting to like, think I'm not that interesting of a person. No, we all are interesting people. We all have these moments where it's just a matter of honing your skill, like being able to tell this story and, you know, make it dramatic, not by adding fiction, but because there's already drama in there. It's kind of just a matter of figuring out how to tell it, how to yes. engage it, how to develop it. Absolutely. In one of the classes that I teach, it's a, it's a fellowship for military entrepreneurs, retired veterans, uh, spouses and caregivers. And so that some of these, some of these students have really never done any public speaking at all. And so they struggle to, to have this goal of telling this story, which seems monumental, right? And so I've had people tell stories about making cookies and, you know, fixing the kitchen sink and doing these things, which would seem, why are we going to tell a story about this? And yet it was personal and it was vulnerable and it was very uniquely told from their perspective and their personal growth that it was extremely well responded to. And we got to know the person and we got to understand them and we were cheering them on, which was even more important right? Because that is how you develop that, that community and that rapport with, with your audience. So it doesn't have to be a life-changing moment, you know, as we would categorize life-changing moments, a birth, a death, a marriage, you know, these kinds of things. It, it could be that tiny discovery or that small everyday something that we all deal with. And yet you're giving us the opportunity to consider our own journey and how we deal with things in the moment, mm-hmm. right? So there's a, there's a connection to be made there. I, I think we definitely do ourselves a disservice when we say we don't have anything important to say, right? And this, right. this book is step-by-step, let's walk you through and find some of that material and prove to you that you have a so many important things to say and share. I love it so much. And I I wholeheartedly agree with something you said earlier. Storytelling can save the world. Um, It can save your life. It could save the life of someone near you that needs to hear your story, needs to be able to tell their own story and maybe reframe it in a way. If they're telling themselves negative loopholes over and over again, I mean, how can we help pull someone out of that? Right. Uh, it, it's it's amazing what we can do with story. And it's so much a part of the human experience. Cavemen were doing it on walls before they <laughs> knew what the written word was. 
Yep. That's how ingrained storytelling is in in humankind. And that is not going to change. Matter of fact, I firmly believe that in our age of multi-content or uh, micro-content, it's only going to make you stand out more, make yes. you more relatable, make you a better leader, better entrepreneur, better wife, husband, father, brother, <laughs> friend. I mean, yeah. there's so much to, to take here and I can't tell you how many times I've seen people on, on social media or been in conversations with people, for example, and they're told that they need to push content, for example, you need to, you know, put this out, put this out, put this out. And you know, when it's like a cookie cutter type, uh, text, right. Cause you're like, oh, yeah. this isn't interesting. And then, and then when somebody tells a story or engages you in a certain way, right. Because they're vulnerable or they're sharing something, uh, that, I tell you what, there's been a lot of, a lot of news worthy posts and sharing, uh, when people open up about something that they are struggling with. And this might be somebody who seems all happy and cheery and the world is perfect. And then the Instagram pictures are 100% gorgeous all the time. And then they, sh then they share that they're struggling with something. And that's what all of a sudden attracts a whole new level of conversation to them. And I'm not saying that you should put stuff out there just to be, you know, dramatic or try to get attention. But when you are sharing those authentic pieces of yourself and you're doing it in a thoughtful way to relate to other people, they notice, they notice. Yeah. And there's no lack of material for that, for whatever your use is. But you really have to think about why, why you are putting that material out and why you want to tell that story. Because as soon as you do that, as soon as you figure out the why, the rest of the pieces fall into the puzzle very quickly. That's so beautiful. Oh my, I, I'm, I'm reminded by my favorite show of all time is a show about very ordinary people, The Office. Yeah. Um, and there's a moment like right at the end, I think it's, I think it is in the last it's in the last like five minutes of the last episode when Pam says there's something beautiful about ordinary. It's they're just looking at the picture on the wall. And it's like, I don't know, I just I love that episode because it's there is. There's something beautiful about just normal, ordinary, otherwise daily things. And that's so ironic because so my tagline currently is what makes you truly original, right? And what's so yeah. interesting is that what makes you truly original is how you deal with the ordinary. Right? I love it. So I'm not trying to deal with the ordinary in the same way that John Smith is. I'm trying to deal with the ordinary and I'm trying to share how I deal with the ordinary in my particular quirky manner, which can be very quirky with my family. <laughs> 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 oh, always. And only made worse by the Marine in your family. I'm, I'm just kidding. See, we had to get the dig in. See, that's what we do. Love it. Exactly. Oh my. Well, this has been an absolute joy. I'm I'm going to pre-order your book today. Where can our audience find you and pre-order your book? Because it's coming out soon. Yes. Um, and 
where, where can they find out more about you, Carrie? Well, I am on, <laughs> thanks to thanks to this book journey, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram. I've even dabbled a little bit in TikTok, but I'm a little skeptical. And um, yeah, so you can find me at any of those at Carrie Cluen Lawrence. Uh, my I do have a website, but it's not attached to the book right now. It's more stage directing. And yeah, you can find the, the links on any of those in my profile. I've got a linker tree going on in each of those. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Go order this book, everyone. Um, you're not going to regret becoming better at storytelling. Even if you think you're good, I, I think I'm pretty good. I'm still going to order it because we never stop developing. Skills are skills. And this is a fun skill to have because we always think about it's not just the person we look up to and the marketer we look up to or the influencer. It's even your friends. Like, you know, your friends, what do you do? You sit around a, a campfire or a table and you tell stories. So just getting better for that reason alone, my gosh, there's so much to take from that and such a bountiful life that we all have. And you have a story to tell as well. Tell your story. People need to hear it and you won't believe the impact you can have because storytelling can change the world and such a beautiful thing. Carrie, this has been an absolute pleasure. I have in really enjoyed the conversation, the topic. It's so, so near and dear to my heart and you're wonderful. I can't wait to follow your success because I just, the world needs this and I'm so thankful that you're out there doing it. So thank you for coming on the show and best of luck and go buy her book now, seriously, like right now. Okay, guys. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. All right, that wraps up for this episode, but don't let the learning stop here. Join us in the Facebook group where we'll be sharing the latest tactical techniques and tricks that we're seeing work in companies just like yours. Go to adamliette.com slash Facebook. That's A-D-A-M-L-I-E-T-T-E dot com slash Facebook.